Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now okay everybody i have something really cool to tell you about if you haven't heard yet about anchor it's the easiest way to make a podcast let me explain here it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will uh, distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one single place. Now, the way that you can do this is you got to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and then you can get started it's really fun we just switched over recently here at all too real too and i'm enjoying it so far so be sure to check it out and uh let us know what you think Hey everybody, welcome to the latest episode of All Too Real 2. I am Michael E. Cullen II, and with me via social distancing for the moment is... Is Matthew House. House. Yeah. Like House MD, like the doctor? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, I'm, not, I'm not a licensed doctor, though, but... You're not? No. Pretty sure he wasn't either. Not anymore. He was a fictional character. Not anymore. Yeah, his character. Yeah, <laughs> you're not anymore. You you lost your medical <clears throat> license. Yeah, a long time ago. Couldn't get it back. You know, too much red tape and all that jazz. So it was hidden under red no tape. Biggie. Yeah, I stole a lot of red tape from one of the, the supply rooms, and they're like, you know what? We're tired of you stealing tape all the time. Why <laughs> why why do you need so much tape? Hate that when that happens, man. True. Well, I did. I didn't need it. I just liked it. Just just like tape for some reason i don't know why just like like don't even like using it just like having the rolls just sitting there for no no reason just collecting dust you know we all have our things yeah one day they'll be worth money 
Maybe. <laughs> so, anyways, today we are doing a special topic here. A um, little bit of a topic on like what they what they refer to the word that I don't really like, the phrase I don't really like. I mean, is cancel culture, and uh, more specifically about J.K. Rowling and her uh, recent uh, uh, posts that were very transphobic and, um, you know, things of that nature. Um, Matthew has done a lot of research on the uh, author of the Harry Potter series. Um, what have you found out, Matthew? <clears throat> uh, a lot, and it's kind of hard to piece it all together because it's so much <clears throat> so much information on this um, topic <clears throat> which you know uh, doctors and therapists and psychiatrists and uh, trans people themselves have done so much research on this because in a lot of cases <clears throat> trans people have to pretty much do their own research first in order to inform you know, their doctors and therapists about certain things because, you know, in a lot of cases, it, the professionals don't really do a whole lot of studying on their own. They kind of just learn what they learn from, like, stuff from, like, 1950s or and don't really, you know, do much updating on it unless, like, they, you know, they have to, essentially. So, like, you know, like, to be trans in, like, a lot of places in the world you know you have to be a sort of just to get shit done because otherwise most people are just gonna run you over but according to jk rowling's um you know version of reality that that makes you a quote trans activist and that somehow is a bad thing which is interesting to me because that's like saying like the only good version of a person of any group is to like not be an activist like just just, you know, be quiet, put your head, keep your head down, you know, be one of the good ones, you know, which, you know, we've heard people talk about black people that way. We've heard talk, people talk about gay people that way, you know, just, you know, don't be an activist, just, just, you know, be, be, be yourself. And it's like, well, that's the point. Yeah. I mean, it's like, uh, the, it's like the whole but, argument right now after the George Floyd thing where people are like, well, you know, if everybody just stopped talking about racism, it wouldn't exist. I'm sorry, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, I, I've um, actually had that argument given to me on it, online, so it's just like, you know, if you, stop <laughs> if you stop talking about this stuff, people wouldn't care as much, or it wouldn't be, I'm like, yeah, the, the point is, they need to care. Um, they need to care, and like I said, if if they're not assertive, people will just um, steamroll over them. Um, so it's, you know, like, to be trans and most pretty much every country in the world it forces you into that role the society itself forces you into that role because the, the majority of the governments and the laws they are stacked against you just for existing so like you, your very act of existing as a human being automatically puts you into the role of an activist whether or not you actually want that to be the case um so like this whole idea that like oh well you know, like, like she makes, you know, I'm, I'm kind of going to go all, all over the place as far as like chronology, oh, time, what timeline or whatever. Yeah. But basically, and what, and her, in her manifesto that she wrote, which, you know, she claims is just like a, a well reasoned argument of, 
based off of years of research she's done, which I don't believe she's done years of research. And even if she has, it, it sounds like it's just one-sided. It just sounds like the cult that she's in, which is, they call themselves gender critical, but um, the the other name for them, which they, they claim is a misogynist slur is TERF, which stands for trans-exclusionary trans radical feminism or feminist. And they claim that this this term itself is a misogynistic slur, even though the, the term itself was actually coined by a cisgender radical feminist. Cisgender basically just means the opposite of trans. Trans means you, you know, you transitioning, just like, you know, trans the transnational railroad, the trans whatever it means, like you're crossing from one thing to another. Cis is pretty much like means like you are like the same as like how you like your body reflects how you see yourself so that's it just basically means the opposite of trans so so the term turf was actually coined by a cisgender radical feminist who only did it as a meant to be as a descriptor to to make a difference between radical feminists who who includes transgender people into their activism and those radical feminists who want to exclude transgender people so it's again it's like my whole thing is like how can you like 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 the only reason the only way you could claim that that is an insult to you or a misogynistic slur is after if is is it ugh, sorry i can't talk is if i got like us what was that i have no idea that was weird <laughs> uh uh, is if there's like a sliver of like self-awareness in you that you yourself know that these that these beliefs are like bigoted because like if like you're consider yourself a feminist and you want to exclude trans people how is that how is that term an insult to you it's just describing what you yourself believe and what you state your beliefs are but you know so I don't understand how that is an insult it's like saying like you belong to the KKK and in your manifesto, you say, I don't like black people. And someone says, well, this person's by racist, by definition, like, how dare you call me a racist? It's like, well, that's literally the definition of the word and what you believe. Like, like you can't be mad about a word that means what you are. Like, you know what I mean? Like, exactly. Like, I'm, over, I'm overstating it because it just seems so simple that any logical person would know that. Like, it's, you, you can't really, uh, you know, you can't argue the fact that what your definition of something describes who you are and then try to say that you're not that because that doesn't make any sense. Right. And that's, that, and so, that's kind of what she's doing, right? Yeah, basically. I mean, she she even, like, did, like, a little sarcastic quip when she, she posted a manifesto to her um, actual website, but then she put a link to it on Twitter and it said turf wars. And then of course it's interesting because her whole thing is about free speech and, and how the, how the, you know, the millennials and zoomers have gone too far and, and, but yet she made it so no one can comment on that article and no one can retweet from that article, but yeah, free speech, you know, that's interesting. A little dichotomy there, but okay. Um, I guess again, just like all right wing people, it's free speech for me, not for the, that seems to be the, the the universal um, belief among that type and and I do deliberately call J.K. Rowling right wing because at this point she is because 
um, anti-transgender sentiments and feelings is inherently and innately right-wing in nature. You can call yourself whatever you want. That's that's just like they say. That's just the facts. Well, okay, that's just the facts. Then for you, you can't claim to be a progressive if you're holding uh, like objectively anti-progressive views. It just doesn't make any sense. So be happy with who you are. You embrace that shit. Go ahead, live your life. That's you. But don't say that you are something else. You know, I'm a left-wing person or I'm a liberal person, and then you're actually really just conservative. Like, just be happy that you've, that, you know, just like they say, you've made the transition. Well, okay, you've made the transition from being, you know, a nice, liberal, you know, progressive lady, you know, who's written these books. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just getting ahead of myself here. So basically, um, no, go ahead. <laughs> I, I, this is, this is a little personal for me because, you know, I love the Harry Potter books so much and, you know, they're one of my favorite book series of all times. I've read, I've read each book probably at least five times, um, you know, real reading, not, not audio book listening, like actual, get the book, the paper, read the words, um, which takes much longer than audio books and watching the movies. I've, you know, I've studied Harry Potter almost like on a theory level, even like, like, like looking into like, you know all these little like nuances in the books and characters. I mean, I, I you know I've I've treated Harry Potter, you know, very respectfully as a fan um, for many years, really since like 2007. And I read the first book in 1997 when I was a kid, but then I kind of I didn't I didn't really read much after that, and I kind of got back into it in 2005. Um, so yeah, you know, it's it's been a part of my life really for a long time, and um, you know to see the author pretty much just shit and you know so many of her fans you know in her mind oh just because i have a difference of opinion it's like no it's like you know difference of opinion is i like apple pie you like cherry pie um saying i don't think you should exist and have rights it's not and but but you do but you think you should have rights so therefore we just have a you know an academic disagreement of opinion no it's that's that's the yeah, that's, dishonest that, that way argument of is like, so annoying human rights are not an opinion that's that's just you know basically bigotry it's nothing else more than that i mean it i mean nothing less than that it's just so annoying because i i've had so many people lately especially since the black lives matter movement has gotten more you know active lately where people just can't really understand the whole idea of why saying something like all lives matter in response is bad and then they said, well, that's just my opinion. And I'm like, you don't get to choose when something is offensive to somebody. You don't. Right. You know, and that's what I'm saying. It's like you you can say that, oh, yeah, the fact is all lives do matter. But it's, I don't know, it's just so annoying. It's like getting so frustrating lately with people thinking that bigotry is an opinion. Right. It's bigotry. It, it might it might be an opinion, but when it gets to that point where, you know, like you're saying, like, yeah, you, you like apple pie, I like cherry pie, that's you know what I mean? That's okay. Like, you know, you're 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 a you're a Beatles fan, I'm a Stones fan, that's fine. You know, I you know, I like in sync, you like the Backstreet Boys, that's fine. But when you're you know, saying something right. that's racist or sexist or transphobic or whatever have you, you know, that's just not right, you know. That's not an opinion. That's right, yeah. human rights. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I've been hearing this stuff too about the people <clears throat> who, 
like for example too you know there's this guy at one of the protests a few weeks ago he he took a bow and arrow and said all lives matter and then tried to shoot a black protester like that that right there just shows what that quote means like all in one picture yeah like a white guy with a arrow say all lives matter and then tries to kill a black person like wait what <laughs> all except for that dude i guess you know that he tried to hit you know <laughs> yeah so i don't know uh you know i'll try to because you know she wrote so many it's like like part part of the quote-unquote gender critical feminist um part of their um <clears throat> technique which is not which is not um unlike a lot of the right-wing people is that they they tend to flood their articles with so much misinformation that it's like it's it's like you don't know what to hang on to because it's all lies. So it like it, it just overloads your brain because you're like, how do I how do I debunk every single point made here because it's gonna take like five books to do this. Like, um, so that's that's a tactic that that, that pretty much all right like far right wing people do, which you know gender critical feminists are. And I don't just say that because I disagree with them. They're fundamentalist Christian groups, right-wing fundamentalist Christian groups throughout UK and, and the US have been making alliances with um, trans-exclusionary radical feminists and gender-critical feminists since the 1970s. And it's that whole that whole thing of politics make strange bedfellows. There's no way that the, that the, the trans-exclusionary radical feminists agree with the religious fundamentalists because these people believe that women should be put back to like the 1800s or the 1600s as far as rights are concerned but they both hate trans people so here's a way that we can forge an alliance um you know to attack our common enemy which is a vulnerable minority but that's interesting okay um i mean i understand the right-wing religious people doing that but to claim to be a feminist and doing that that seems odd okay um and what happens is over time <clears throat> what it, it always happens this way what starts off as a as a an alliance of convenience it the the two camps start merging into each other they start influencing each other's positions so um you'll start to see the turfs or the gender critical feminists becoming more right-wing politically because of the people they're associating with. And sometimes you'll see the right-wing religious people, they start softening their views on, on women, on the rights of women, because they're being influenced by the quote-unquote gender-critical feminists. And admittedly, um, the, the feminists are, the, the well, so-called feminists are, are more, it seems, it seems like they take on the right-wing views more so than the religious people take on, because usually... You, usually when you're part of a fundamentalist church, you're kind of taught, like, you, you don't ever budge. You make them budge for you type of thing. So they're kind of an already brought up with the idea that, like, you, you make them come to you, essentially. So usually, you know, they might not be as willing to, like, take on, you know, the views of the turf or the alliance that they're making. But sometimes they, they do. So, um this is what's been happening for a, a, a long time and it's been happening a lot more frequently within the past five or six years or so. And that was not surprisingly when transgender people started to gain more rights in, in these countries. So they, they, you know, like the, the right wing 
and especially like the right wing religious groups, they kind of gave up on on the war against gay people. I mean, it's it's still there a little bit, but they they realized that there was just too much public acceptance of gay people, and, and even then, it's still not it's not perfect acceptance. But they they realized that this they've lost this war. They're, they're not going to win this war, so they turn it all on trans people, and, and it's it's actually very telling because. They use pretty much the same arguments now about trans people that they, that they did about gay people back in the 70s and 80s. I mean, if you just look up stuff from the 80s and 70s, like their propaganda, it's pretty much the same thing. You know, gay men are pedophiles. They're predators. Don't don't let them be alone with children because they, they're perverts, etc. Same thing now about trans people. Trans people shouldn't be in, ba- in bathrooms with cisgender people because... Think of the children. Think of the poor children and what they could do to them. It's the same exact argument. So it's it's. I mean, I again, I, I understand it from the right wing religious people because that's that's consistent with their beliefs. But like, if you're calling yourself a feminist and you're advancing these like moralistic, conservative doctrines of religious people, it just it just seems like either you're stupid or you're intentionally ignoring what you're doing like i mean basically what what they're what they're doing is they they, they keep jumping from one quote unquote other to another you know cuz it's basically like first off it was like oh all these black people are going to are are going to marry our white women and and you know are going to rape them or whatever you know have you you know and so that was bad and then they right. then then even even when it came to before that there was even like oh women can't vote that's just wrong you know, um, and then they they jump from that and then they then they jump to like to to gay people and then now to trans people it's just they they need to find that other to attack, and and once one is more accepted like once you know civil rights happen so we can't really attack black people as much even though they still do to a point, not as bad as they used to, but still bad enough. Um, but you know, it's like, oh, we can't, you know, we, we, we can't be, we can't be sexist. We can't be racist. So let's now be transphobic. (laughs) You know, that's basically what they're doing. You know, it's, it's just, it's like they, they need some, somebody to hate. And yet, yet then they claim that, oh, you know, it's the, it's the liberal people who are causing all the hate because they're trying to tear down statues and they're trying to, you know, bring down the moral fiber of our country or some bullshit you know no it's it's you that are trying to attack what you consider to be an other you know it's just right just because you don't understand it or take the time to even understand it right so i know i'm like kind of all over the place here but like so i'll just i'll just like do some like real meat and potatoes here just to okay because like, I, I right now i'm, I'm kind of talking abstractly i need i need to kind of focus a little bit because i'm kind of i'm getting kind of spacey here trying to trying to make sense of it all so like yeah, yeah speaking of cancel culture spacey and yeah spacey Kevin, Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> wow well that's that, that's a good i mean that's a good point right there too because like there were you know some people that were like oh well he's gay so of course of course he was you know accused of like you know basically being like a, a pedophile like trying to have sex with like a 14 year old um or whatever like yeah, so like yeah, there were people it, it was okay for him to try to have sex with anthony rap yeah when he was 14 yeah 
Yeah, so like people were kind of conflating, you know, because it still happens. Just that right now, it, it's much easier to vilify trans people than it is gay people. Which again, I'm not unlike J.K. Rowling. I'm not trying to divide the LGBTQ um, community. So I'm not. I'm not saying this as a way to say, oh well, gay people, you should not feel like you're oppressed now. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that like it's it's a clear thing. Like just based on like observations of society. That like you can get away with it more like in, in most crowds like you'll still get dragged for it if you're like famous like J.K. Rowling is which that's the other thing too she acts like oh well I'm just expressing my opinions yeah but you're an extremely famous person express like you're you're one of the famous authors of all time perhaps at this point um, probably she, the, she's probably certainly the best, the best selling author of all time I think. If not, I if, think she is actually. I mean, if yeah. not, may, I mean, maybe like I don't know, maybe Shakespeare or somebody's more, but still. Yeah, yeah but he's had like you know seven hundred years. That, to, that's what I'm saying. You know. Yeah. I'm just, you know. <laughs> so like one of her claims again, most gender critical feminists they they completely mispre- misrepresent things and they, and they make them sound much worse than what they actually were. And except when it comes to trans people, and then every little thing a trans person has ever done that's bad then becomes all transgender people are, are bad because this one person did this one thing at this one time. And then when you actually look at that particular case, it's actually more nuanced in of itself than what they themselves are even claiming it to be. Uh, so, like, but anyway, that's that's another whatever. I don't want to get uh, down that rabbit hole. But, like, so back in um, uh, December of 2019, <clears throat> she posted something in um, support of this woman named Maya Forstater who worked for like a charity type of organization. And of course she said that she just had a philosophical belief that, that biology is what, um, you know, determines a person's sex. And that's, you know, she just believes that, you know, but then she was fired because of the, the transgender activist liberal mob mentality, blah, blah, the SJWs, blah, 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 whatever. So, and, you know, J.K. Rowling, you know, because she has this prejudice, she's like, yeah, that's what happened, and even though that's not what happened. So what actually happened was she had been warned on several occasions prior to that, you know, her her stance was kind of causing a hostile work environment. Like, like the other people didn't really like that she was so vocal about these beliefs because like, you know, some of the, the coworkers might be trans or they might know trans people. They might have, you know, trans people in their family or whatever that they don't want to hear this negative talk about them. So she, she wrote 150 transphobic tweets that very week where her company decided that they were simply not going to renew her contract. She was not fired her contract was up and they simply chose not to renew said contract. There is no law that says that they had to renew her contract, but she apparently thought that she was entitled to that, which is interesting because they claim, you know, millennials are so entitled, but yet she thought she was entitled to just, you know, having her contract renewed, which that wasn't how that particular job worked. So she, of course, claimed to be the victim and all of this and that she was being oppressed by the evil transgender activists, i.e. trans people that just want to have rights. And um, and then J.K. Rowling defended her on Twitter, and then people started criticizing her. So then she, you know, then she saw herself as the victim, etc. It it's it's like 
if I wrote like 150 racist tweets on my Twitter, like on a public Twitter, um, you know, profile, and my job found out about it, I'm pretty sure I would get fired. And I'm pretty sure they would support that. But yet, when it comes to their prejudice, that's what Sink were saying. That's that's what can never be touched. It's there. And everyone with a prejudice thinks that. Well, of course, all these other prejudices are bad. And anyone who is that blatant in their bigotry, yes, they should get fired from their job because they are causing a hostile work environment or at least have great potential to do so. My prejudice is just facts, man. It's just logic. I mean, you're just so sensitive if you can't understand that, you know? Well, it's, Which it's, is gaslighting, but hey. It's, it's a logical thing. I mean, the thing is, is there's going to be a backlash if you have some sort of thing. I mean, whether it's people not going to your business because you post something, you know, you got you to expect some kind of backlash when you're going to be prejudiced. And the fact that they think they deserve to be able to say whatever the fuck they want. Like a friend of mine, um, her boss started posting a bunch of racist shit on her page, and then they lost a lot of clients at their at their place of business. Mm-hmm. Um maybe that's why <laughs> you know just saying yeah, and, 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 and that's like, why that's why i hate the term cancel culture because a lot of the times i can understand when there's somebody trying to attack somebody and bring up stuff from the past that doesn't really line up like with james gunn which i think was more of an attack on things but when you have somebody in mm-hmm. the present like like jk rowling or 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 this uh or this woman that was um that didn't have her contract renewed you've you there's that's there's a difference between that and uh you know like what happened with James Gunn there's uh it's just it's it's just a little different i mean the thing is, is you got to be be able to be accountable for what you say sure you have freedom of speech or whatever in whatever country you're in and uh but you there's no freedom of consequences and that's not right. cancel culture but when somebody is actually canceled, which I, I still hate that term, because it's basically you're not canceled. It's, our shows get canceled. Yes, you know, cops got canceled and live PD got canceled, mm-hmm. but that was legitimately <laughs> deserved. Um, especially if if, if 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 you want to find out more about that, listen to the, <laughs> the listen to the podcast Running from Cops. It is an amazing podcast. It makes you want to hate those shows, um, <laughs> which you should. Um, the uh, but, but, but you know the the whole idea of cancel culture is just annoying to me. But there are things where I think people need to have consequence. I think there's more of a consequence culture is what we should call it, because it, it, sure, you know, you, you're you're gonna not want to listen to Louis C.K. for a while, but eventually he might be okay if he, because you can give people a chance to repent or to become better people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying that everybody should start liking people if they start to do that or whatever. You know, you can you have your own opinions. You know that, like I said, you know it's okay to, you know, have difference of opinions when it comes to music or artists or whatever or pie. But right, <laughs> but you know, but when it comes to bigotry, you really can't have difference of opinions because bigotry is bigotry. It's just right. really, I mean, it's just it's just so annoying when people try to say, oh, they're just trying to cancel everybody. They're, you know, no, these people are canceling their fucking selves because <clears throat> of consequences. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> this has always been the case, too. I mean, like, if you <clears throat> if you were to, like, go back to, like, the 70s or whatever and 
if like someone like like if someone's boss like just happened to see like their employee in public and like just acting like completely messed up and like bigoted like that boss probably would have fired that person so it's like the only difference is that now you have a much greater chance of making yourself known to other people well that's again that's your choice if you want to do that or not it's not being forced upon you so like um it's yeah it's much easier now for people to find out what you say but you are also making it easier for them to find you as well so it's it's like a symbiosis type of thing it's not like people are just being victims here like they you know they're choosing it. Um, and, and a lot of people tend to have different personalities online than they do um, in person. And it's like, like, well, you know, that itself could cause a huge problem because like, I mean, people are literally like splitting themselves in two. That's the whole other topic, but like, yeah. So it's like, uh, yeah, it's, it's consequences much better than cancel. And I do, you know, hope that she she changes her mind and she admits that she was deceived by a cult. And 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 again, I don't use I, I, all these words I'm throwing around. I'm not throwing these words out. You know, like just for fun. Like I, I'm very deliberate in these words I'm using because I mean them quite literally. There's an article that came out recently. I could probably post it later for you if you want to share it with the the audience or whatever our listeners. <clears throat> where it, it was, it's literally. It's it's it the the leaders of this group act they 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 make it like a cult for real like like they 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 prey upon um, women who are vulnerable usually they're like lesbians or bisexual women but not always and it's like like just like how like white supremacists stuff like that like once like whenever they they um they felt like this woman was like kind of like retreating a little bit they would like bombard this woman with like texts and messages like and they would like send them articles of like here's a video of a transgender quote woman beating up a real woman like just to like get their emotions all stirred up again so it's like they wouldn't give them like a break from the hatred from the anger that's literally how cults operate hey matt do you want to take a break really quick and then we'll come back and talk more about this yeah sure hey folks this is uh michael e cullen the second um, from the podcast that you're listening to right now, along with Matthew Haas. We just wanted to tell you about our great, great podcast Super. called Super. It's called All Too Real. And on that show, what, what do we do, Matt? We, we watch biopics and then we talk about whether or not the movie matched up with the real story or not. So we, we, It was a lot we, more exciting than that, though. Yeah, so, 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 so we... We analyze the real story and the real story. Get it? Get it? Real. You know? Yeah, they're spelled differently, yeah. folks. You can guess which one I said which way. Uh-huh. Anyways, um, so uh, sometimes we have guests, sometimes we don't. Um, but we uh, talk about great, great, uh, great movies like uh, Shattered Glass yes. and The Social Network and uh, A Futile and Stupid Gesture, among others. Um, those are some of the ones that we've covered so far, and uh. We're going to cover a lot more, so uh, please uh, subscribe on Stitcher, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you uh, find your great, fun podcasts, and be sure to share it with your friends. Do it. Do it. Do it. And make sure you're not afraid to get all too too real. real. Bye-bye. And we are back. So, uh, what were we (laughs) saying here about Miss Rowling? Uh, well, I was just saying, you know, that this this group that she's 
got herself involved with this this ideology that she's taken on you know it, it literally acts as like a cult and i mean that deliberately um an article just came out a few weeks ago about uh, a woman that says that she was groomed um, by these gender critical feminists at a time in her life when she was really you know really vulnerable i mean she was homeless um you know, she was a lesbian. I mean, she's she's still a lesbian, and and you know, she she didn't really have any um, you know support group, and uh, she found herself involved in this um, gender critical uh, group, and they were like kind of making her like a star within you know the the movement, so to speak, and, and a lot of cults do that, especially. When they bring someone new on board, they try to make them feel important. They try to make them like feel like, oh, like you've only been a part of our group for a few months, and we already want to promote you. Nobody else would ever treat you this this good, you know, type of thing. It's it's, it's a form of it's, what cults. It's it's what's called love, what's love bombing. Yeah, 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 literally, that's mm -hmm. what it is. Yeah. So it was only it was only within like the first three months of her being involved in these with this group, they were already build her to like speak at some conference in the UK, you know, about how evil transgender people are. Oh, sorry, the, the trans activists, because regular transgender people, i.e. those who keep their mouths shut and know their place, they're fine. Um, anyone who goes, who goes beyond that is, is the dreaded trans activist that they fear monger about. So, you know, she's not even from the UK. She's from the United States. And, already they're like we're billing her like you're, you're going to be part of some international conference because we value you so much and all this kind of junk and and it was like she was um you know using their talking points <clears throat> on twitter which you know it's, it's it's like if you read one dread uh, one gender critical feminist you you've pretty much seen them all because they all just regurgitate the same talking points and it's as if they are reading from some kind of script. I don't know if they are, if there is such a, like a book out there, but it, it seems like they are because I, I've had people in my life, you know, tell me these things that's, you know, they, they believe this stuff and I read JK Rowling and I read these things. And it's, it's like, it's like not only are they saying the same things, it's like even their phrasing is very similar. So it's like, there must be some kind of text out there that's, they're getting this from i don't know but it seems it just seems too coincidental like when you're using the same phrasing as someone else that's more than just advancing the same claim like you know what i mean like it's there's something else going on it seems like so um she she kind of started pulling away um just naturally like she wasn't like she wasn't really disillusioned by it but she just was had other stuff going on with her life and she noticed that like when when she spent like too much time away from these like gender critical feminists, they would start like bombarding her messages, like like trying to like keep keep contact with her, like keep her keep her in the fold, you know, with, with their beliefs and like would send her like articles that were meant to like make her angry. Like, here's an article of a transgender person um, you know, attacking, you know, a real woman and you know, to make sure to kind of play off the whole thing of like, you know, a transgender woman is, is really a man. And, you know, he's got his manly hands around her and, you know, it's, it's, he's hurting a woman, you know, this, this type of stuff is meant to, 
make you agitated and meant to keep you angry. And uh, that's that's what cults do. I mean, that's what the neo-Nazis do. That's what all of the white supremacist groups do is that they, they, they don't ever want you to be alone because, you know, you, you start thinking for yourself then and there's a potential for you to come to different conclusions. And so they kind of want to keep you always... And they, they want to keep you agitated too, so it's not it's not an accident why they send you that stuff because they want you to be angry. Because when you're angry, you don't really think rationally. You know, you're 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 thinking in like a fear, like a fight or flight type of thing. So, yeah, they, I mean, that, that's that is that is definitely a, a stereotypical cult action because, you know, they they try to take you away from your family and your friends, and you know, it, not necessarily totally, but they try to make sure that your thoughts aren't interfered with by like real rational thoughts from other people you know or or yeah. like you know they you know, like oh you know if somebody dissents in the way that they're feeling you know it's like oh you know that's not the way to think or something you know and, and they want you to feel part of a family but not your real family that's just my yeah. observation of cults yeah <laughs> It's what they yes yeah, so it's how they all operate like that so she she eventually got out um and she wrote an article about this and of course they're probably gonna then bash her say well she wasn't grateful to us or but or she's been brainwashed by the the transgender people or whatever type of thing it's it's like it, it's it's all so yeah you know i hope i hope she will realize that she's made a terrible mistake and and that she'll apology apologize and you know i, I mean a real sincere apology not not like an apology tour where it's all about her again i mean like a sincere honest like not making it about herself where she's the victim like just like oh i fucked up you know i'm really sorry about that and i'm gonna try you know to do better so yeah i, I don't believe that people should quote be canceled forever even though that word is is not a good word but like uh you know she she's got such a massive platform and and she just doesn't acknowledge that like even in her essay she's like sarcastically saying like oh of course the, you know these people are saying that i'm literally killing trans people with my rhetoric it's like yeah you are though like you might not realize that or, or uh, acknowledge that reality but you are because your platform is huge you influence millions of people you are a billionaire you can change stuff like like you can't just play dumb like oh little old me little jk Rowling. no no you're you're not little old anyone you're you're a massive influence on the world whether you want to accept that reality or not and just just today a republican lawmaker cited her manifesto to support his view that that trans people and gay people shouldn't have rights in this country, so it's all her her essay is already having the influence that anyone with a brain could predict. Like exactly, I mean, it's the I don't know, it's just it's just annoying too when you got somebody that you respect like J.K. Rowling changing, you know, like or that you used to respect. You know, or that you're a fan of the work of yeah. deciding to do this type of, <clears throat> I don't know, stuff or whatever you well, want to call it. I don't know how to call it. That's the thing that it's sad and it's it's de it's depressing too. It is. I mean, it's 
because it, cause it just sucks because like in the whole idea of cancel culture it's like what do you do do you stop reading her books do you stop watching somebody's movies or listening to somebody's music or watching a sports team or something because somebody associated with it is doing something that you <clears throat> disagree with it's like do the actions of Kevin Spacey make American Beauty less of a movie? Less of a good, yeah. Yeah. Right. It's it, it's hard to say, you know what I mean? It doesn't, but it's it's still it's it's kind of like you know, it's it's there's trauma involved, right? So it's yeah. like if you if you like if like you had a really bad, you know, a bad like relationship breakup or whatever and you know, you see a picture of that person and you know, at like some event or whatever, that that event, you know, somewhat becomes tarnished a little bit for some people because while the event itself was fun at its time, now that it's associated with that person, it kind of creates a, a feeling of like sourness. Not everyone, but so, a lot of people. Or sometimes, um, like if you had a favorite movie or or song together, when that comes on the radio or TV or whatever, you're like. Ugh, even though the song is still good, it's just, you know. <laughs> right. Right. So it's like and especially with with, with JK Rowling too, it, which which what makes it more depressing is the fact that like <clears throat> her now her her new beliefs or maybe they're not very new, but her new stated admission that she's a gender critical feminist, i.e. a trans exclusive feminist. I wouldn't say she's a radical feminist because politically she's a moderate at best. So, but whatever, um, uh, you know, it, it's completely in opposition to the, the Harry Potter books message. I mean, one thing, if someone like wrote a book and a book series or a movie or whatever, and, and that particular series didn't really have like a moral message to it. Like if it was just like an action movie that was really popular, it didn't really have like an actual like message to it. That's that would be one thing. It would still suck because it's like, oh well, you know, I like those movies and that guy who directed it's a jerk or whatever. But like J.K. Rowling, like the whole, the whole Harry Potter books are about like, like this like one thing is about like accepting who you are. Like it's also too about like how sometimes, you know, our caregivers can be bad people that they don't really care for us. They kind of just tolerate us. Like how they literally had Harry sleep in a freaking cupboard like cupboard like beneath the stair you know like that was they like they just yeah. they put up with them essentially like they didn't they didn't really care about him uh they they barely give him enough food to eat as a child i mean that's why he was so skinny so it's like they neglected him it's i mean like she, she spares no expense at like depicting how awful the dursleys are to him and like so many you know details like like for christmas they would give him like one sock as a gift for christmas like just these really insulting gifts you know um whereas you know the the weasleys who are like considered to be a poor family you know she was like knitting him a sweater every year giving him cookies that she made from scratch you know all these really loving you know, so it's like there's a message in there too about like sometimes your family's not your blood family; it's the family you create along the way. You know, a lot of these really nice messages too. You know, about prejudice, like the whole thing about Voldemort and the Death Eaters is that they're pure blood wizards, and they believe that the only true wizards are people who can trace their their magic ancestry back centuries, perhaps all the way to re recorded history, and 
people who are muggle-borns, they're called mudbloods, which literally means that their blood is tainted. It's not pure. Um, I mean, the, the, this theme goes throughout all seven books about, you know, that the good wizards, you know, they're fighting this type of prejudice because they don't want to see the society that these people want to build. And, you know, in the final book, they almost succeed in building that society, and it's terrible. It's, it's, it's all about blood purity. I mean, they even, they even took down a statue that used to show like wizards sort of like um, helping like the non-wizard people because like, you know, they, you know, they, it, it was kind of like a nice superiority complex. Like, Oh, well we're wizards and better than them, but we need to take care of them because we're better than them. Whereas like Voldemort literally just had them like standing on top of the muggles and like magic is might put them in their rightful place, you know, type of thing. And so it's like she apparently thinks that's good now, though, when it comes to trans people. I mean, she I guess she thinks now that trans people are like their mudbloods or their or their mud gender or whatever. And, you know, the only pure genders are people who are, quote, born like that. And the other thing, too, is like another thing that turfs do is that they claim that transgender people don't believe, quote, sex is real. Like trans people talk about and do more research on on sex than anyone else in the world does. They, they would be the last person to literally say, yeah, there's no such thing as, as sex. No, that's, that's not, it's a complete, it's an intentional misrepresentation of what people are actually saying. And the thing is too, is that nobody really, really knows all of their sex characteristics. Um, people have different chromosomes. Some people have like, like there's like, there's like six different like officially recognized like sexes according to like you know the scientists or whatever like they, they claim oh I, i'm just talking about biology okay well even with your rigid definition there's still more than just female and male there's intersex people who used to be called hermaphrodites so are they just like completely ignoring these people from the conversation? I mean, I, I guess they are uh, because they've been around for forever. Um, you know, so it's like, I guess they don't count in this conversation of quote biology. Like they think that trans people just want to like create this weird world where like anything goes, man. And you know, biology's not real, man. It's like, no, it's just that biology is more complex than what you're depicting it as for propaganda purposes. And that's all that's happening. And the worst the worst argument is where they think it is that somebody can just decide like I decide for this 5 minutes that I'm female. Right. No one does just, that. Just just, that, so, just so I can go use a Target bathroom or something, you know. No. That's right. not what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, no one does that at all. And that's the thing too. She makes she makes this argument in her her manifesto where she go it was really interesting cuz I kind of it kind of, I don't know, I think she told on herself, I don't think she meant to do this, but I think she she told on herself at one point because she says, oh, I, I'm, friend, I'm friends with this transgender person, you know, she's got her one trans friend to prove that she's not transphobic or whatever, which is, you know, I have one black friend, so therefore I'm not racist or whatever, but, um, and her argument that she makes is, oh, but this person was like, she's much older than I am. And, and, you know, even though she was born male, I've never, I've never seen her as anything but, but being a woman, but back, but where she came from, it was a much more difficult time, you know, to, to be, to be trans and to transition. And so it's like, okay, so your argument is 
that was the good old days, like where it was harder for your friend to be herself. How is that a good argument to make? Like, it just makes you sound like a terrible person. Like, well, like, like, I mean, well it's like in, in a certain way. Okay. Like I watch the show Brooklyn nine, nine a lot. And, uh, one of the main characters, captain Holt is gay. And he created yeah. a, uh, organization when he was younger in the, in, in the police force that was for, uh, um, gay black, um, uh, police officers. And, uh, he, um, was, there's an episode where he has a guy that finally challenges him to be the, uh, president of that organization. And, uh, his argument at first is, well, this guy doesn't know what it's like to suffer to try to, you know, come up and, and be treated like shit and whatever, you know, as a as, as a black gay officer. Um, so what does he know about the pain and stuff like that? And then the character of Gina points out to him, well, isn't that what you were fighting for, that people wouldn't have to go through all that shit? Right. So it, it, there the thing is is we live in a society where it should be easier for people to be who they are and not have to jump over hurdles to get to the same place just to just to get equality you know they're not asking for you know more than other people they're just asking for you know equal rights <laughs> not you know special rights you know that's all right. it is it's just it's right. It's just so sad that uh, people think that somehow if we give this group of people rights, it's going to somehow take away my rights. <laughs> it's not because, you know, it's like, oh, we're going to let gays get married. So that just, you know, just totally ruins the sanctity of marriage. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it just expands it and it makes it yeah. more more sanctified because more people are getting married so it's like oh we we let trans people have rights that means that you know um you know gay i mean mean, gay people don't have rights or straight people don't have rights or black people don't have rights no it doesn't they still have those rights yeah it's it is just basically just a, a veneer for prejudice is really all it comes down to because she she makes that very clear later on in the article where she says you know she she makes it all about herself by saying that Oh, well, I was sexually assaulted by my ex-husband, and that's why I care so much about this issue. It's like, okay, was was your husband a transgender woman? I, I don't understand. I mean, even even then, it's still a prejudice, but I at least understand the conceptual logic of that. Like, oh, well, a transgender person hurt me, so now I'm I'm weary about transgender people. But if mm-hmm. it's like saying, I don't like black people because, you know, a Chinese person hit me in the face once, like, how like I don't understand like I don't even understand the logic of that like it's like it's, it, it just being... it, it's basically like saying oh um I don't like country music because I heard an ACDC song that I didn't like right and yeah I mean I know huh? you don't like ACDC but <laughs> no but what, what, what I'm getting at is is they're nothing alike <laughs> yeah it's like it's all, I, I don't even understand what she was going for at, at at that point but she does make so many weird arguments and again it's so hard to go through all of them because there's so many of them but like another one that she says is she's like 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 kind of like how you were talking about captain Holt saying like oh well he didn't he didn't have to go through what i went through and then gina's like well yeah that's the whole point so like what she her argument here is oh well 
there's been a huge uptick of, of people identifying as transgender, um, you know, in recent years than in the past. And it's like, and she's trying to say that like, they're make like the government may, is making it easier on people to like, just claim that they're transgender or whatever. And it's like, um, isn't that kind of the point? Like, 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 yeah, there was less before because there was less people that were willing to brave the storm and basically be beaten down and be examples, you know? So of course, like when things get better, you're going to see more people like, it's the same logic as Trump saying that we shouldn't test more people for COVID because then there's going to be more cases. Yeah, exactly. It's literally the same logic. Like it, yeah. it's, it's stupid logic, but <laughs> yes. it's, it, it's literally the same exact argument. Like, Oh, and it was interesting. Cause I thought that she, I thought that she hated transgender women the most at first because a lot of her tweets were pretty much aimed at them. Like they were, they were like these, these predators that, you know, really want to hurt real women um, they want to infiltrate, you know, women's only spaces and I guess like gather up intel for like the huge eternal. It's interesting because like, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of like, like the fundamental theories of Marxism, like like Marxism pretty much believes like that there's been like an eternal struggle between like the workers and like the capitalist class, like those who own the means of production versus the workers. And this has always been um ever since civilization like before we like left like you know before like when we started actually building like towns and building things like that's been like the struggle well turfs kind of have that view but it's based on sexuality there's an eternal struggle between female and male female being good male being evil and so like it it makes sense from their twisted logic that like a transgender woman would be seen as sort sort of like a fifth column, like someone's from the enemy camp, gathering intel from the good people, bringing back the the war secrets from the the enemy, and then launching their attack. I mean, it's extremely paranoid view for you in the world, but hey. Um, so I think, but by that same logic, then that then means they think transgender men are even worse because because they were quote born female they were born on the good side so it's kind of like the kkk where you know i i i've seen i've heard kkk people say this on multiple times that they'll actually admit that they they hate black people less than they hate white people who defend black people because in their minds black people are inferior they can't help being born the way they are. That's just how it is. They, they, they di didn't hit the genetic lottery or whatever, you know. But a white person should know better. They're they're already on the winning team, right? Um, they should. So so there's like a special type of hatred for like a traitor, you know, like a race traitor. And in, in Harry Potter, it was called a you were called a blood traitor if you married a Muggle or if you married a Muggle-born witch. And you were a pure blood. You were called a blood traitor. And she literally based that off of racism, like the race traitor rhetoric from the KKK and the Nazis. She literally got that inspiration from those groups. But now she apparently believes that, you know, you're a gender traitor, you know, if it's, you're, um, that, yeah. That's just really annoying because it's like she can't see what she's doing. You know what I mean? It's like you can't right. see that what you're saying is exactly what you were preaching against in your books. Yeah, seven fucking books. Yeah, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of people don't write a seven book book series. A lot of people write maybe three or four books. They don't write yeah. seven. 
Um, so that's a, that's a long series. And I mean, there weren't that many Twilight books. There weren't that many, you know, uh, whatever have you books, you know, like there weren't that many Fifty Shades books. And, you know, I mean, you don't write that many books on a series to make a point And then uh, you don't. Yeah. And it seems like, so like she she made this this really disgusting argument against transgender men because it was like, well, you know, you're, you were born female, you know, and, and you you want to basically forsake us to be men so that that way you'll have extra rights. Like, like she thinks that transgender <clears throat> men are like living high on the hog or some shit like that. Like, no, are yeah. you fucking kidding me? Like transgender men are, are persecuted probably as much as transgender women, just in different ways. Um, and again, that's the whole thing. You can, like, she doesn't think that people can have unique experiences that are equally valid. So she thinks that you have to have the same exact experience. And that's, that's the core of the gender critical argument is that that being born female in of itself is such a unique experience that nothing can compare to it. Therefore, you can't really be a woman unless you are, quote, born female. It's like, well, the thing is, maybe you don't have to compare those experiences. Maybe you can say, you know, being transgender is its own experience that's unique and it doesn't even though it's not the same exact experience as someone quote being born female that doesn't automatically make it invalid it's just a different experience and i tell you these experiences aren't fun um you know she, like like a, a lot of like the, like the like someone told me once was oh well transgender women they they quote undergo what's quote male socialization that's one of their buzzwords and and it basically means oh well they, they were raised as males they were raised as boys they they grew up with the culture of being boys and men and those attitudes and ideas have infected their minds so that even if they don't want to they will still sometimes act out as men which we all know are terrible and evil unlike us women who are pure as white snow and it's like that is a really weird paranoid way of viewing the world in my opinion because um transgender women people who are quote raised as boys they hated the fact that they were raised as boys this this wasn't like a fun time for them or like all oh, right i get the best of both worlds no it was the worst of both worlds because while people were trying to like do like these stereotypical boy things to them they didn't like doing it and they weren't really good at it so then they were constantly being told like well, why can't you do this right or why are you doing this and you're doing this wrong you should like these toys or you should play this game or you should blah 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 you know the list goes on and on to to, to say like oh well they were socialized as males therefore they have privilege they fucking hated that shit that was like the worst time of their life like to then use that against them to say that's what makes you privileged it's just disgusting i mean i mean this this is during a time where they wanted to commit suicide for a lot of these people they, they hated yeah. this at time it just it's just there's no more disgusting uh, of a thing to do that and to twist that around and go ah ha 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 you got male privilege because the boys used to call you a sissy and beat the shit out of you and at recess wait what like, like good times like, good okay. times yeah, what, what? That's some great privilege you got there. Yeah. Are you fucking mad? But anyway, I'm getting emotional here. But it's just, it's just bullshit. And and, and again, it, it, it kind of sets up then the whole dichotomy. Then that 
you know, just like with anyone with the prejudice, anyone anyone who's part of the of the of the targeted group that they don't like, they have to be perfect. And if they do anything wrong, it just proves everything they believed about that group of people. Fortunately, I, I had to deal with that shit with, with the anti-Islamic stuff. So I see right through this rhetoric because it's the same type of rhetoric no matter what group you're prejudiced against. It's this idea that like, um, you know, it's basically, it's it's my, my saints versus your sinners essentially is what it is. It's, you know, I'll take the best of my group, stack it against the worst of your group, and that just proves everything I need to know about how I feel about you. That's essentially what it is. And it's it's bullshit, but that's yeah. So she she goes after transgender men in this manifesto, basically saying that the only reason why they want quote want to be men is because they they don't like being women because they're they're too oppressed. So they're trying to escape oppression by being men. It's just it's bizarre and. And she makes this weird argument about how, oh, well, if, if I was born 30 years later than I was, I might want to have had transitioned into being a man. Like, just thinking, like, that's the only reason why anyone would be transgender is for social status. I mean, come on. like <laughs> because, because going through a surgery and all that stuff is really, or, or psychology and, you know, or psychiatric, you know, whatever, whatever all the stuff that they have to go through to transition is just so easy. It's like taking a pill or something, you know? Yeah. It's so easy. Plus two, she, 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 she thinks that it's too, the current standards are too liberal. And the thing is they're, they're already very conservative and strict. I mean, as of right now, it takes about two to three years just to get started in your transition um, in, in the UK. And she thinks that's too lax because again, she, she wants to go back to the days where her transgender quote friend her token transgender that that she decides whether or not she'll see her as a woman which again that's the other that I was going to get back to that point I kind of got sidetracked so she kind of told on herself she goes you know even though this person was born male I'm not quoting directly I'm quoting from memory um, even though she she was born male I've never seen her as anything but a woman so that's what that there's the rub she wants the power to decide who she'll decide is a woman. She wants that authority. She wants that power. But it would have been she wrong had, if she met this person when they were still, a, you know, a biologically a male. And right. Then, and then they transitioned. Like, if they decided to transition tomorrow, then it'd be wrong. In her mind, probably. And she, yeah, exactly. And, and, and she it, wouldn't view that person as a female. No. I, I don't think she even does... Um, now I think she just said that to try to make it her, her, her make her seem more compassionate than she really is. I don't really well, think well, she. Even I mean, has. I mean, logically though, it it does make sense though in certain ways. I'm not saying that I agree with her, but what I'm saying is, she met this person as a woman, so that's what she's viewed right. that person as. It's like if you right if 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 I you know meet somebody as a football player, I think of them as a football player. Not that I'm comparing the two, but you know what I mean. It's like. I didn't yeah. meet this person as a child when they weren't playing football. So <clears throat> when you meet a person at a certain point in your life, that's how you view that view that person. So really, she had no choice in the situation of, of viewing this person as a female because that's how she met this person. So her choice to view this person as a <clears throat> female is based on the fact that she met this person as a female. But if 
she met somebody as a male who decided to become a female, <clears throat> then she probably wouldn't make the same choice. Right. It's it's just uh, it's bizarre. the first impression sort of thing on, on her, and I just I don't know. Anyways, do you want to take a really quick break here, and then we can wrap things up? Yeah, sure. Okay. Hi, folks. This is Michael Lee Cullen II from the podcast that you're listening to right now, along with manager Matthew Haas. You got promoted? Yes. Damn it. Okay, anyways, um, folks, uh, do you like the show Superstore? I don't know. I asked the folks and nobody's answering well, me. Because they're not here. Oh, but we love damn it. it. Yeah, we love it, though. Okay, folks, if you like it as much as we do, you're really going to like the Super Story podcast, which is a podcast where Matthew and I go uh, episode by episode and give our little opinions and thoughts on it. Uh, sometimes we have guests. Sometimes we don't. Um, just depends on how we're feeling. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so if you like this podcast and like our little crazy banter then you should definitely check this out or i might get sad and when i get sad it gets pretty sad yeah, so i can't deal with him when he's sad yeah uh, no one can really so um yeah so, so check out uh super story podcast right here where you get this podcast super story podcast and we are back to wrap up our first part we've decided now during the break that we're going to make this a two-parter <laughs> our first major two-parter we're going to talk more about the stuff next week um we'll have uh two episodes in a row talking about this uh controversial topic <laughs> we've got more uh more that we can talk about next week besides uh just jk rowling we've got stuff mm. about hartley sawyer and chris Crystalia or delia or however you say his name and uh other people that have recently kind of been canceled plus you know the good old ones like kevin spacey and Michael Jackson and, <laughs> you know, different people over the years, Bill Cosby and, you know, stuff like that we can probably talk about a little bit. <laughs> Louis C.K., you know, all the all the greats. Yeah. <laughs> all the greats, all the greats of cancel culture. We'll, we'll be we'll be counting down the hits. Yeah, man, the classics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Oh, God. That's sad. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, anything else you want to say before we go, Matt? Or, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I just kind of wanted to read an <clears throat> uh, uh, excerpt from the. Oh, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, cool. <clears throat> um, I just wanted to read an excerpt from the Deathly Hallows because I, I, I do sincerely hope that she has a change of heart and that, that she, that that she really did just kind of get hooked into a ideology that's harmful. I mean, this could be a lesson, really, that, you know, even even the greatest people sometimes can find themselves in darkness and they can still find them, themselves back. So hopefully, you know, hopefully she does that. Um, you know, it's not too late, um, you know, to change. I mean, the, you know, the road to forgiveness might be long, but... I think a lot of a lot of the people who have been upset with her, especially trans fans, they they love these books, and that's the reason why they're so heartbroken is because they were so emotionally invested in in them and into her. Um, so that you know, who knows, the forgiveness might come soon sooner than you know what she would expect. You know, because I think a lot of people when they go down a dark path, you know. 
not all of them are evil. Some of them are, but not all of them are. And I think a lot of them, they think that they themselves are beyond redemption. So they think the only way forward is just to keep going in the direction that they are going, you know, which just makes it worse. But uh, so I hope that, you know, that she can kind of find the light and, and go go that way. Yeah. You, you send me some? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, so here's the excerpt. This, this is from the Deathly Hallows. This is, um, during Snape's memories after Snape gets killed by Voldemort because Voldemort thinks that he possesses the elder wand and he needs to kill Snape in order for him to be the true master of it. So he just kills him. Not, not because he, he, he's mad at him, but he just doesn't care because he, he served his purpose long enough and now his he's done you know done rendering what he can so he just killed him and um so right before he dies he he tells uh, harry to collect his tears which allows him to have access to some of his memories and you put it into dumbledore's thing it's called a pensive which is like a device where you can literally go in someone's memories and, and watch watch them unfold in, in real yeah. time so so this is part of it and um he was um he you know Snape was friends with um Harry's mom Lily Evans that was his best friend for a long time but he he um he got seduced by the the dark arts people the people who believe in pure bloods and he he himself was a half blood and he wanted to he wanted to feel power he wanted to see what power looked like so he joined up this with this group and kind of viewed Lily as like the exception to the the rule. She's one of the good ones. She's one of the good mudbloods. I won't call her a mudblood to her face because I respect her, not not her kind, her individually. So he's not a racist. That's what a lot of people say. Anyway, so um, <laughs> so I said Harry watched again as Snape left the Great Hall after sitting his OWL in defense against the Dark Arts. Watched as he wandered away from the castle and strayed inadvertently close to the place beneath the beech tree where James, Sirius, Lupin, and Pettigrew sat together. But Harry kept his distance this time because he knew what happened after James had hoisted Severus into the air and taunted him. He knew what had been done and said, and it gave him no pleasure to hear it again. He watched as Lily joined the group and went to Snape's defense. Distantly, he heard Snape shout at her in his um, humiliation and his fury, the unforgivable word, mudblood. The scene changed. I'm sorry. I'm not interested. I said I'm sorry. Save your breath. It was nighttime. Lily, who was wearing a dressing gown, stood with their arms folded in front of the portrait of the fat lady at the entrance to Gryffindor Tower. I only came out because Mary told me you were threatening to sleep here. I was. I I would have done. I never meant to call you mudblood. It it, it just slipped out. There was no pity in Lily's voice. It's too late. I've made excuses for you for years. None of my friends can understand why I even talk to you. You and your precious little Death Eater friends. You see, you don't even deny it. You don't even deny. 
that that that's what you're aiming to be. You can't wait to join you-know-who, can you? He opened his mouth but closed it without speaking. I can't pretend anymore. You've chosen your way. I've chosen mine. No, listen, I, I didn't mean to call me Mudblood, but you call everyone of my birth Mudblood Severus. Why should I be any different? He struggled on the verge of speech, but with a contemptuous look, she churned and climbed back through the portrait hall. The corridor dissolved, and the scene took a little longer to reform. Harry seemed to fly through shifting shapes and colors until... Sorry, I'm trying to find the page. Colors until his surroundings solidified again, and he stood on a hilltop, forlorn and cold in the darkness, the wind whistling through the branches of a few leafless trees. The adult Snape was panting, turning on the spot, his wand gripped tightly in his hand, waiting for something or for someone. He fear, his fear infected Harry, too, even though he knew that he could not be harmed, and he looked over his shoulder, wondering what it was that Snape was waiting for. <clears throat> then a blinding, jagged jet of white light flew through the air. Harry thought of lightning, but Snape had dropped to his knees, and his wand had flown out of his hand. Don't kill me. That was not my intention. Any sound of Dumbledore apparating had been drowned by the sound of the wind in the branches. He stood before Snape with his robes whipped around him, and his face was illuminated from below in a light cast by his, his wand. Well, Severus, what message does Lord Voldemort have for me? No, no message. I, I'm here in my own account. Snape was wringing his hands. He looked a little mad with his straggling black hair flying around him. I, I come with a warning. No, a, a request, please. Dumbledore flicked his wand. The leaves and branches still flew through the night air around them. Silence fell on the spot where he and Snape faced each other. What request could a Death Eater make of me? The, uh, the prophecy, the, the, the prediction, uh, Trelawney... Ah, yes, said Dumbledore. How much did you relay to Lord Voldemort? Everything, uh, everything I heard, said Snape. That is why, it is for that reason, uh, he thinks it means Lily Evans. The prophecy did not refer to a woman, said Dumbledore. It spoke of a boy born at the end of July. You know what I mean? He thinks it means her son. He is going to hunt her down and kill them all. If she means so much to you, said Dumbledore, surely Lord Voldemort will spare her. Could you not ask for mercy from for the mother in exchange for the son? I, I, I have. I have asked him. <laughs> you disgust me, said Dumbledore. <laughs> and Harry had never heard so much contempt in his voice. <laughs> Anyways, it just kind of goes on like that. But, like, just, just that whole logic, like, she herself has a, a part of the story where Snape is like, Oh, you're one of the good mudbloods. I'll, I'll never call you a mudblood, but everyone else who's like you is, is bad. And then yet she she's like she is Severus Snape now, like in a way. Like she she has potential. She's not Vol – I mean, I felt bad calling her Voldemort. She might not be Voldemort, but she she's definitely Severus Snape. She's found herself in with this group of people who are bad news, bad business, and, you know – who knows? You know, I hate, I, I hate, I'd hate for this to be the case, but who knows? Maybe, 
her words are going to have an effect and some poor transgender person is going to be killed because of what she said. And then that's going to be her Snape moment of like, oh my God, like I now need to spend the rest of my life rectifying this wrong. I mean, I hate, I'd hate for that to happen, but you know, I mean, and especially when you're somebody like who, her, who has such power in the world because people respect her and love her books and her and, and everything that she's done really <clears throat> in literature. It's like you have a responsibility to be a better person, in my opinion. And right. it's, sad, and it's sad that she's not. I mean, but then we do have people in this world worshiping Donald Trump. I mean, it's like it's you know and we've had in the past where people thought david duke was a great guy you know it's just people that probably still do it's it's just so sad that people latch on to hate so easily i don't know i'm about to cry it's just so sad (laughs) i don't know what to say Yeah, sorry, I was about to cry there. Um, me, me too. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I don't know. Anything else before we go? No, just just in general. I mean, like, um, like this this is um, like I've always been someone that's really been focused on on justice since I was a kid. Didn't matter who was being untreated unjustly it was it was just a, a a value that i've always had and some people don't like that i've been called the brita of of my friend groups for friend groups for you know because of you know brita by the way is a character in the tv show community yes and a lot of people make fun of her because she cares about things that actually matter but she's kind of ham-fisted in the way of how she does it but but um, also too, just like you know, on a personal level, I mean, you know, you know, I myself sort of identify as as non-binary. Um, uh, I mean, I pretty much dress and present myself the way I've always always have. There's no, you know, you saw me walking down the street, you you just be like, oh, that's just you know any other dude, and you know, I'm okay with looking that way. It's because. It's not. It's not really about how you how you dress. Which is interesting too, because you know they themselves, you know these gender critical feminists themselves say, you know, gender is not a costume. You know, li- liking Barbie dolls does not make you a woman. Blah blah blah. It's like okay, well that's that's literally what trans people are saying though as themselves is that like they're not saying that like oh well, I need to wear a dress. I need to put on ten thousand pounds of makeup. You know, to be a woman, like like you're both are literally saying the same exact thing, but you're saying it for different reasons. You know. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. Just so a, it's yeah. Just a fucked up world we live in right now, um, and that we probably have always lived in. Um, yeah. And sadly, to a point, might always will. Um, I hope things start to change more. Uh, I don't know. All I got to say is black lives matter, trans lives matter. I'm not going to say all lives matter because until they, <laughs> until all lives do matter, I'm not going to say all lives matter. And that's the right. point, people. Um, that's why it's considered, exactly. that's why it's considered bigoted. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm um, going to link some uh, charities in the 
in the show notes for uh, helping out Black Lives Matter, people with COVID, and uh, trans people as well. Um, donate to those if you can, or whatever cause you feel like uh, will help the world. Um, don't don't donate to like something like the KKK or whatever. But you know, <laughs> um, just saying. Right, right. <laughs> Be good to right. each other. You know. Treat people with the right, same, totally. you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, as it's said in almost every religious belief and even in atheism. You know, it's just be good to each other. That's all you got to do. All right. That's yeah. it. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to All Too Real 2 Podcast, a Cullen Park production. Produced and edited by Michael E. Cullen II. Music by Matthew Hawes. Subscribe and share the show. Visit us at CullenPark.com.